This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League. Presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom. Your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, Norcom.com. JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And by MSA Design. Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval. From our family to yours for life, visit KelseyChev.com. Ucrate, your custom crating and shipping solution. Visit Ucrate.com. And by United Dairy Farmers, UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipe. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. And a pleasant hello to you out there, and thanks for checking us out here on the Hot Stove League, Reds style here on the Reds Radio Network. I'm Jim Day in the chair here tonight. Reds fall to the Royals today in Surprise, Arizona, 9-3. to They'll host the White Sox tomorrow night, 8.05 Cincinnati time. That will be from Goodyear. Big news today. Joey Votto placed on the injured list. He tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, he allowed the team to release the diagnosis through official channels. And Votto must be absent from the camp a minimum of 10 days per protocols. We certainly wish Joey the best. Let's talk about that and more. Let's go back out to Arizona. He just called the game here on the Reds Radio Network. He is the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley. Cowboy, how we doing? Doing good, man. Good, good. Uh, the news of uh, Avado today, unfortunate, obviously, and we send out our best. But uh, there's never a good time for this, obviously. But here we are on April 10th, and if things uh, go well for him, um, you know, still time to to be ready for opening day. We hope we got our fingers crossed at least. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, Jim, you you get out here and you're starting to see fans uh, being able to come into the ballpark. It's, it's a little more normal than, than what we've seen, I guess, and in, in what we saw last year during the regular season. And, and it, to be I mean, I'm just speaking from a personal standpoint. To know that uh, Votto has tested positive, it, it kind of throws you back a little bit because you know that the protocols are going to keep him out for at least 10 days. And if he actually um, has some symptoms that go with it, it could be – much longer than that you just hope and pray that he's going to be all right and to get back because his swing right now and the way he's hitting the baseball (laughs) it's awfully good and through contact tracing the reds will do their due diligence per the protocols uh and will you know hopefully no one else has uh will test positive for COVID and they could move forward but you mentioned vado's uh, approach uh joking down on the bat he's standing up straighter he wants to hit for power and uh he looked good uh, before this. Uh, from what you've seen in person, Cowboy, it's it's kind of encouraging, is it not? 
I, I think it is, Jim. I, I, I commented to Tommy the, the first game that we had when Votto stepped to the plate. Uh, you, you look at Votto and, and, and then you compare him to other guys that are 37 years old that play first base or a corner infield spot. Uh, Votto looks like he's 25. Uh, he's in phenomenal shape. Um, he doesn't have that big belly hanging over the belt like you see a lot of guys have that are way up in age in, in the big leagues and have been around a long time. Uh, he's lean and trim. He, he's swinging the bat well. He's making great contact. Heck, he stepped up there the first two at-bats of spring training and two bullets right back up the middle. So um, I, I think Votto is headed in the right direction, and, and that's a great sign for the Reds at any time. And you've seen him swing at some balls that – years past he wouldn't necessarily swing at he tomahawk one the other day it went up in the zone and nearly hit it out of the park so it looks like he's going to chase some more balls and wanting to hit for power i mean that's that's the goal here well i, I think he still has the the eye that we've always seen Votto have i, I don't know that you're going to see Votto chasing pitches way off the plate i just don't think that's ever going to happen but I think as much as, as Votto practices his swing, I think he's, he can take a ball that might be an inch off the plate, inside or outside, and, and still be able to drive it if that's a pitch that he's looking for. I, I don't know that we're ever going to see Votto uh, being a wild swinger at the plate. That's just not in his DNA. All right, let's talk some pitching. Michael Lorenzen started the game today. It was his second outing. And uh, roughed up a bit in each outing, but again, it, it's spring training. It's Arizona spring training. He's admittedly working on some things. In fact, he said after his first outing that he wasn't even full effort out there working on some things. Ramped it up a little bit today, he said. Uh, but are you one of those guys in the camp that you, for guys like that that have a track record, even though he is trying to get into the starting rotation, has been primarily a reliever, are you in the camp that not really worried about the numbers at this point? Well, normally I, w I would say that, Jim, but the velocity for Lorenzen is way down. And I, I think that, that, to me, that's concerning right away because when you've got a guy that is so built up like Lorenzen, and, I mean, he is very, he's as big as I've ever seen him. And when you're, when you're that type of body type and, you, and you're, you're lifting as much weight as he's lifting – I want to see him get to a point where he can lengthen out that fastball a little bit before he starts going into the breaking ball changeup slider mode. I think, it's, I think it benefits him in the long run. And I understand his thought process because he was so frustrated last year being able to throw the ball almost 100 miles an hour, and yet he was getting hit all over the ballpark. I think for Michael right now, he's kind of in an in-between area, and I think his, his brain is swimming a little bit. But I think he's, he's in a process where he's learning a lot. He's learning a lot about himself. And, and I think the, the, the staff, uh, Derek Johnson and uh, David Bell, are talking to him about this issue. And, and I think as we move along in camp, we'll start to see more fastballs with velocity. His changeup today was about as good as you could possibly ask for it from any pitcher. Uh, a lot of swing and misses with that. But I, w I would like to see for longevity and to just keep him from getting hurt, Jim, more than anything else, get that fastball right and then proceed into the breaking ball slider scenario. Sean Doolittle went again today. It was his second outing of the spring, gave up three earned runs his first time out, gave up four earned runs today and three hits, a couple of home runs. Uh, a guy that uh, struggled last season in the past has been 
lights out, uh, admittedly has been working on and refining a, a breaking ball. What do you see from Doolittle? Is there cause for concern there? Breaking ball was better today. I thought he was on top of the pitch more than he was in his first outing. Uh, velocity is still short. Uh, but but I, I think you have to give a, a veteran pitcher, a, a pitcher with some age on him, a little more leeway early in spring training because these guys, it, it takes a little while to get that arm lengthened out and to, to get that body moving to the plate and really get the extension that gives that fastball some life. I, I think that what you're looking for is getting – Doolittle somewhere around that 94-mile-an-hour mark, and I think that he can pitch his normal uh, pitching style at that velocity. I, I think that if he stays at 90, 91, and topping out at 92, he's going to have to throw a lot more breaking balls. T.J. Antone, uh, myself, and many others have been singing the praises of this young man. Uh, are we overhyping him or, in your eyes, real deal? I, I don't think we're overhyping. I think we're underhyping. Uh, I think that he is going to be a critical part of this ball club, uh, both uh, in the middle, in games where the Reds have a lead, where he pitches two or three innings, maybe the sixth, seventh, and eighth in a ball game, maybe following uh, Sonny Gray in a tight game. I, I think you may see him close a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, down the road, um, especially in the second half of this season, I, I can see him in the starting rotation, just depending on where his innings are at early in the season. Right now, there is nobody, and I mean nobody in camp, throwing the ball better than him. And I mean not just on the Reds. I'm talking about on other teams. Wow. High praise. The game has changed so much. The bullpens are so much more important now. Um, where do you lie? If he is the best pitcher that you've seen in all of spring training, should he not be a starter or has that changed? Would you rather see him in the bullpen? Well, I, I think it's changed a bit, and I, and I know it's changed in the eyes of, of where the Reds see him because you can use him instead of one ball game in a week, you could use him two, maybe three times and bring him in to, to secure a ball game late. You could bring him in to, to span three innings to get to – Lucas Sims or Amir Garrett at the end of the ball game. I just think that he is the ultimate stopper right now. Now, Jim, let's let's quantify this. It's early in camp. He's only been out there a couple of times, but boy, does he look awfully good, especially compared to what we saw last year. Maybe a right-handed version of Josh Hader. There you go. In the middle of ball games. All right, Cowboy. We got more to come with you if you'll stick around. A cowboy from Arizona. As we step aside for a break, you're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Cincinnati Reds fans suit up for a brand new season at MLBShop.com. Check out new 2021 gear and shop the latest selection of official caps, T-shirts, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get ready for opening day Thursday, April 1st, when your Cincinnati Reds take on the St. Louis Cardinals. Gear up with the Reds at MLBShop.com. That's MLBShop.com. Fans will be back at Great American Ballpark this season. Let me say that again because it sounds so good. Fans will be back at Great American Ballpark this season indeed. And the best way to reserve your seats is with a Red Season Ticket membership. Plans start at just 14 games and give you the biggest savings over buying individual games. For more information, go to reds.com slash tickets. 
It's the Red Sox Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. I'm Jim Day. We continue our conversation with the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley. Cowboy, they've uh, playing mostly night games this spring training. David Bell is the architect of that. He wanted to emulate uh, the regular season more. The, did he consult with you on this? Because <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I like the vampire hours, to be honest with you. No, I, I was not consulted, but I'm real happy about it. Yeah. The, only, the only problem I think that you have playing uh, night games early in camp is there There have been a couple of night games that have been quite cool. Um, not Not to a point where it was cold, but a lot of wind. And, you know, out here in the desert, as the night gets on you, the temperature starts to drop. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, looking around at the red, the, the pitchers that they have in camp. Now, it, it remains to be seen whether these guys can actually put up the numbers in games. But as far as raw talent and just fantastic arms to work with, the quantity seems to be up. Have you noticed the same thing? Yeah, I have. And, it, and it's not just the velocity that we're talking about. It's the ability to throw the ball over the plate. Um I think you look at some of the new guys that the that the Reds have um, that we've not seen before. CNL Perez, who pitched today, uh, has been a, a huge bright spot, and he's got a lot of eyes uh, talking about you know looking at him and talking about him. Um, and, and to be honest with you, Jim, I, I did not expect to see what we're seeing from Jeff Hoffman and pitching against his, he, his last appearance. He pitched against the Rockies, which was where he, he came up, and he's been there for years and had has not had a whole lot of success in Colorado, not that a lot of people do, but uh, he, he looked like a different pitcher pitching against his old team, uh, very aggressive, uh, a high-end fastball, the split, the breaking ball. I, I was really impressed. I thought, okay, the Reds have, the Reds have gotten a deal here. Now he's got to continue to carry that forward and, and make it stick. But I, I like what I'm seeing from some of the guys that Nick Crawl and his bunch have been able to go out and pick up. I was going to ask you some guys that have stood out this camp, and I figured you'd go right to CNL Perez. He has been very, very impressive. What, how about Cam, Cam Bedrosian? Also stood out to me. Your thoughts? Well, Cam is not a, a high-velocity thrower like the first two that I gave you. But the, the thing that Cam does is he hides the baseball. And I think that in today's world, in today's baseball, you, you have to either have some deception or you have to have velocity. And there, there's not a whole lot of difference I mean, between the two. If, you, if you're able to, to hide the ball, the ball gets on the hitter quickly. That's what Cam Bedrosian does. And not only that, he's able to locate that deceptive fastball and he's got a breaking ball that goes with it now his breaking ball is not the same as his dad I I played with his dad out in San Francisco uh, after he won the Cy Young in Philadelphia uh, Steve really had a great slider that broke away from right-handed batters and into left-handers Cam's breaking ball goes straight down and I think that's part of his throwing mechanics, part of his deception, the ball looks like it's coming right out of his hat, and it drops straight down, and then he throws the fastball right off the top of that breaking ball. We have yet to see Lucas Sims, who was set back early in camp. Uh, Amir Garrett has, uh, throwing a bullpen tomorrow. Uh, guys that we have not seen on the mound that are going to be in the mix. Uh, the good news, again, is it's April 10th, and we're talking about relievers that are going to go one or two innings. So, in your eyes, no, you, you've been in that department. No concern there? 
No, not especially the the length that we have of spring training now. I, I don't I don't think that if if they were starters that it would concern me a little bit. But uh, being guys that are going to throw one or two innings, I, I think that it actually will probably benefit mm-hmm. both of those guys simply because of the workload that will be expected in a full season following a, a season of 60 games. So missing the first week uh, doesn't bother me a whole lot. I, I think it'll take probably 10 days, 12 days for these guys to get ready. So they, they will have plenty of time to get out there, get games underneath their belts, and, and be ready to go. Speaking of velocity, Hunter Green. You can't teach 103. Um, no, you, you can't, Jim. Yeah, and, but people have to realize this, this young man hasn't pitched in a couple of years and coming off of Tommy John surgery, didn't pitch that much really in high school. Uh, Got to pump the brakes a little bit and let him develop, right? I, I think there's no doubt about it. The kid's got a great arm. Uh, he has a great work ethic. And there's a lot of, of hype that, that surrounds you when, when you're a high school kid and you're picked second in the draft and you throw with that kind of velocity. So there are a lot of things that are going on, and I think Hunter is just trying he's just trying to be a major league pitcher. And having missed the, the competitive side last year, even though he was at uh, the, the Reds' alternate camp, it, it still takes a little bit away from your development because what Hunter Green has got to be able to figure out is why are guys hitting my fastball when I'm throwing 103? Because they are hitting it, and I think, for him to understand that and be able to make an adjustment off of that, I think is going to make him a better pitcher. On the flip side, Nick Lodolo, college pitcher, uh, first-round pick as well. Uh, how close do you think he is right now? I think uh, time will tell. He may be a, a year away. We may see him at the end of this season if, if the Reds are so inclined to call him up. Uh, he looks better this camp than what we saw last year uh, I, I think that his his focus is a little more on either down down at the knees or up above the hands rather than just about that mid thigh area which is what we saw last year the stuff is there the, the breaking ball is a bit sharper than what we saw last year uh, his changeup is a good pitch he's got good velocity on the fastball but i i think for young kids and hunter would be included in this you're used to just throwing the ball over the white part of the plate. And wherever the catcher sets up, you just try to make sure you get it close to the plate. And when you get into professional baseball, you've got to get to the edges and you've got to get up and down and stay out of the middle. And for both of those guys, I think they're learning it and they're having to learn it quick. Well, Some of these numbers in spring training kind of throw out the window, right, with rolling all these innings? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think you're getting to a point where you can't really have that many guys that you would travel. So when a guy gets in trouble, uh, they just say, okay, we've seen enough of that, and you just switch and the other team hits. And that that's also, it's not just the numbers of the pitchers, it's also the numbers of wins that, that you're able to put up. Because mm-hmm. when you put a big, big inning together, we did this against the Dodgers at Camelback Ranch. Dave Roberts was pulling them off the field in the first inning. I mean, and the Reds were rallying against uh, Urias. So, you know, it, it kind of takes away from the, the, the winning part of it. But um, I, I think once we get to the middle of this month, which is about three days away, that, that rolling of the inning is going to come to a halt. Yeah, spring training uh, wins and losses haven't mattered much over the years. They have never mattered less than they do this season. Cowboy, thanks for staying around and uh, giving your insight to Reds fans. We appreciate it. We'll catch you. Hey, it's a night game tomorrow night, so. All good in cowboy land. 
Sounds good, man. I miss seeing you, buddy. I will right, we'll see you soon enough. Coming up, we're going to talk to Reds shortstop Kyle Farmer here on uh, Reds Hot Stove League. All right, we're back on the Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks Budweiser and UDF. I'm Jim Day in the chair today, and uh, let's go on out to Arizona now and bring in Mr. Kyle Farmer, who is uh, vying to be your red shortstop. How are we doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. It's beautiful out here in Arizona right now. It's been nice in Cincinnati this week, so uh, we're thankful for that, and we're uh, much more thankful that, uh, barring anything unforeseen, we have some baseball coming up, 162 games, a full season, an opening day in Cincinnati, fans in the stands, we're kind of getting back to normalcy slowly. You feeling it? Oh, yeah. It's exciting. I mean, it's it's spring training slowly getting back to normal, too, having fans in the stands, and that's that's really cool. It adds a different adrenaline rush to uh, to the game, which is awesome. As much as I love the cardboard cutouts, um, they can't beat a uh, human being, I guess. Oh, there's no, no doubt about that. Um, there's a lot of pressure on you right now. You could say that this is the training camp of your professional baseball career. Has there ever been a more important moment in your professional career than right now? Gosh, um, no, not really. But, um, you know, my whole career, I take it as this is the most important year in my career because I've always had to make, try and make a team, make a roster spot. And um, so I, I take every spring training like, like it's kind of like my last spring training uh trying to make a club and and making the most out of my opportunities but yes this one officially is probably the most important because it's something that i've worked for my entire life was playing shortstop and uh you know growing up wanting to be a shortstop in the big leagues and and taking on that that 162 game uh trek you know it's 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 something a goal of mine that's been there forever and um, so, yeah, you could say this is probably the most important one for sure. Do you get agitated at all? And this is human nature for this to happen, that people doubt whether you can play shortstop. Although, look back at your career, and we've talked about this a thousand times. You're the career uh, fielding percentage lead- leader at, at, Georgia, at the University of Georgia, which is a great baseball program. Um, you've played it your entire life. You look the part. Uh, we saw you last year. I mean, you... Uh, defensively very, very solid. Does it get aggravating when you hear that? Uh, yes, it does. Um, you know, I, but I also like it as well because I like playing the underdog. I like going behind the scenes and, and not really, and people not really noticing me because I can, I can shock people and that's what I like doing. And, um, but it is aggravating sometimes, you know, when people don't think you can do it, but I've been doing it my whole life. You know, like you said, I've set records at Georgia, and um, it's it's what I love to do. It's it's almost like someone telling someone who doesn't who loves doing what they do that they can't do it. They're not good at it. So it's kind of like, dang, I love doing it, and I believe that I can do it. So um, it is pretty aggravating, but I I try not to look too much into it and just kind of stay, you know, keep the blinders on and go about my business and and. Uh, and work with it. But, you know, in today's world with social media and stuff, things do pop up and uh, it's frustrating to see, but, but I love it. I love, you know, people who uh, doubt me and it's fun to prove them wrong. When you're a, a bench player uh, and you're a right-handed batter, 
obviously they're going to put you into pinch hit situations against a lefty most of the time. And you kind of get pigeonholed into that, that, oh, he can only hit left-handed pitching. Um, and, and, you know, you're facing great left-handers, usually as a bench player. You're facing mm-hmm. the guys coming out of the pen. Um, sure. So is it something that you have to get over the hump and prove to people, listen, I can hit righties too. And the numbers haven't been there yet, but you haven't necessarily had full opportunity. Do you feel like that you can hit right-handed pitching? I Oh, 100%. Um, you know, you look at my numbers, I've spent close to three years in the big leagues and only have like 360 at-bats. Yeah. And a, a guy playing every day, um, like I told Suarez yesterday, he asked me about the whole process. I went through this offseason about getting non-tendered and stuff on my Super 2 going into arbitration. And I said, Gino, I've only got 360 at-bats in almost three years. And he looked at me like, like I had like six different eyes and he was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I've only got 360 at bats. And uh, it's a very small sample size and it's hard coming off the bench facing guys. And um, that's been my role for the past three years. And I'm looking forward to an opportunity to getting close to 400 or 500 at bats and proving myself that I can hit right-handed pitching. There's a ton of competition in camp. You had said who's whoever hits the best is going to win this job. As we speak right now, have they given you any indication? I mean, if they were going to list a depth chart right now, in my opinion, you would be on top of it. But have the coaching staff or management given you any indication where you sit right now? No, not at all. You know, like you said, there's some great, great competition. You, know, you got D. Gordon, uh, Kyle Holder, Jose Garcia. Um, all those guys, great infielders, great shortstops. And um, you look at it interesting enough that two are left-handed and two are right-handed. And there's a platoon situation there. But, um, you know, at a shortstop position, you know, that's a leader on the field. And you want somebody who can lead a team and lead them to win. And, um, you know, they haven't really given anybody any answers, which is fine. It's still early in camp. And I think that um, there's still a lot more proving to be done. And, um it, it's going to be a it's going to be a battle, but I mean they're all great infielders, great guys as well. So it, it'll it'll be fun to see what turns out. Well, you made a dramatic change as far as your approach at the plate. I want to talk to you about that if you got time to stick around for another segment. You good to go? Yes, sir. All right, we'll come back more with Kyle Farmer. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF here on the Reds Radio Network. Reds Hot Stove League rolls on here on the Reds Radio Network. I'm Jim Day, and we're continuing our conversation with Reds shortstop Kyle Farmer. Now, you had you made a dramatic change uh, in your stance, your approach, everything at the plate. What was the impetus of this, and who'd you work with, and uh, how's it going right now? Um, well, I'll start off with I worked with um, Rick Eckstein, who is our rival in the division, the Pirates head hitting coach, and I've hit with him before. He is pretty much the only local guy around Atlanta that, you know, I can actually work with who knows me pretty well and is very, very smart in hitting. Um, You know, he's seen me over the years hitting, and and he did some research on me video-wise and stuff, and he just noticed that, like, the swing that I was doing wasn't really working for myself and the way my body works, like I've said before, and – we put it kind of put together like a 2019 
swing along with like kind of like a minor league swing that I had a couple years ago with the Dodgers. And it's coming along pretty well. Um, timing's still getting there. Yesterday I was, I was late on some fastballs, but that's going to come. You know, the guys in today's baseball world throwing 98, 99 miles an hour. And so timing is going to come. Timing is going to change. But that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to hold on to right now and uh, getting more on top of the ball, getting back to really knowing myself as a hitter, what I do well. And I haven't hit a lot of home runs in my career, uh, but I have hit a lot of doubles. And that's kind of who the type of hitter I am is a doubles kind of take your single when you can get it, hit your doubles in the gap, and then doubles turn into home runs when the pitcher makes a mistake. And so I, I've kind of been getting back to my old self and, and, and knowing what I do best. And it's worked out pretty good so far. Is there a player swing that the kind of emulate a little bit with the new approach? Is there video of other players um, you've looked at? Yeah, I watch a lot of, of, of the late MVP, uh, Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good guy to go off of and, and been working with Moose a lot. And uh, he's been helping me out because he worked with Christian a lot with the Brewers. And um, so I would compare it to that. You know, he's got a very compact swing and doubles and his doubles turn into home runs. So I kind of kind of look at the moves he makes and a little bit of Justin Turner as well and uh, kind of bring those in together and 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 try and try and hit as well as they can well we're uh we're rooting for you my man um you're you've always when they talk about Kyle Farmer they talk about man players love him his teammates love him he's great in the clubhouse and with that in mind by the way uh you're a funny guy and you're always cracking up in the clubhouse and cracking others up. Is this COVID uh, thing put a crimp in that a little bit? Is it is it damaging your game, your social game? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You have to. Uh, it's a game of adjustments, you know. So is uh, <laughs> so is so is this uh, the joking? So I've I've come up with some new jokes. I'm kind of leaning towards the uh, the dad jokes now, and because uh, I, I have a son on the way. Uh, my wife is uh, we're expecting a child September 5th. So I have to get my dad jokes down and, and try and embarrass the heck out of him one day. Wow. Kyle Farmer, the dad. I think you'll be a great oh, dad, yeah. man. Congratulations. I think so, way. too. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, we're looking forward to it. Um, it's been a it's been a fun ride. And uh, hopefully I can teach him a few a few things. Hopefully not. He Hopefully he sings a little better than me. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> How is the singing game going? You know, I always like to ask these questions off the field. How, how's it going? Because you, you sing a lot. Um, some of your imitations have cracked me up in the past. My buddy has has an indoor facility in Atlanta, and I would go to give lessons every Tuesday to, to kids. And uh, I actually ran into Luke Bryan's drummer. <laughs> really? Uh, Did you lay the impression yeah. on him? Of course I did. I wasn't going to let that opportunity go. And uh, he laughed and, and thought it was really funny. And he was like, I'll tell Luke you said, hey. I said, please do. And uh, it was funny. But, um, you know, my wife has shut down the singing. She uh, she gets enough of it. She's like, you got to, like, turn the page. It's like, I mean, that was, like, a long time ago. I was like, well, he comes out with new songs. So I have to, you know. Yeah. Whenever he comes out with a new song, I got to sing his songs. Oh, that's beautiful that she shut you down. Well, I don't shut you down. I encourage it, in fact. So Luke Bryan has been our guest here in the Hot Stove League. Luke, thanks for joining us. Jim, I really appreciate it, buddy. It's been fun. 
It'll never get old to me. Uh, it'll never get old to me. So I appreciate it, man. Hey, lots of luck uh, going forward, man. Uh, I love how you're handling the adversity, if you want to call it adversity, with people doubting you. And uh, if uh, you have a good season, that means the Reds are going to have a good season. So thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. All right. That is Kyle Farmer and the Reds Hot Stove League will return after this here on the Reds Radio Network. A new split-the-pot jackpot is now available online with a rolling jackpot. Listen to this. Over $59,000. You can buy tickets now at Reds5050.com, and the jackpot will continue to grow until the conclusion of the game on opening day, which is coming up on April 1st. And remember, you must be 18 or older in the state of Ohio to purchase. Visit reds 5050 That's the ultimate win-win because they split the pot and the other proceeds go to the Reds Community Fund and then you are a winner. And that is $59,000 large right now, so check it out. Jim Day with you. It is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF as we wrap up this bad boy. Reds losers today, 9-3 to the Royals out in surprise. Arizona, they'll host the White Sox tomorrow night, 8.05 Cincinnati time right here on the Reds Radio Network. And Michael Lorenzen started the game today, went two and a third, gave up four hits, three earned runs. Uh, Garcia, Doolittle, Perez, this CNL Perez, we heard Cowboy talk about him as a left-hander. Um, very, very impressive. Uh, and if the Reds, they do an outstanding job of development now under Derek Johnson, pitching coach for the Reds. And if they continue the development of this kid, uh, could be certainly a star in the making because he has the makeup to do it. Another good sign for the Reds is their uh, top picks, high first-round picks, Jonathan India, who was kind of under the radar until last year at the uh, Prasco Park, the alternate site, where he really made strides, and we have seen that carry over to this spring training and has really stood out in camp so much so they're talking about him being a part of this club here in 2021, Nick Senzel has also looked solid. And again, when you pick that high in the first round, you better nail those picks. Look no farther than years back with the Cubs. They had a good nucleus. And then all of a sudden, they're drafting high in the first round when they were rebuilding. And they nailed it with Bryant, Baez, and Schwarber. So you've got to nail those picks. And uh, Hunter Green also uh, coming back and looking solid. Nick Lodolo looks like a player as well. So the Reds hopefully have some waiting in the wings. Big news today was Joey Votto placed on the injured list. He tested positive for COVID-19. He allowed the team to release the diagnosis through official channels. He will be absent from camp a minimum of 10 days. And when this happens, obviously baseball is secondary. We just wish Joey Votto good health going forward, and we hope all is well in the long run. He did join me, however, recently via Zoom a couple weeks back. So don't worry, we weren't face-to-face. But he did join me on the Jim Day podcast, which uh, you can check out uh, through reds.com slash Jim Day, reds.com slash podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And here's a little taste. And I was playing so poorly that, like, it was just, it was less father time and more, I was using poor technique and I wasn't being myself. And... Um, you know, that cliche, not cliche, but the tr- that's truth. It's the truth. You know, father time is undefeated. Or, um, but I feel like I've got a lot left in me, truly. 
I feel, I feel like I have a lot left in me. So, and we hope so. And again, I posed the question about father time to him. Is that part of the reason that we've seen the declining numbers the last two seasons? He says, no, his technique, his mechanics. He thinks he's figured it out. He's changed back to hitting as a power hitter. Uh, and we think that's going to go a long, long way in his success. But right now, the concern is Joey Votto, the person. And again, uh, diagnosed with COVID-19 and, uh, Reds will do their due diligence and contact tracing and protocols and all that. And uh, hopefully uh, everyone else is in the clear. I'm excited. I mean, we are here. We are. We are on. We are on the brink of having a Major League Baseball season. And we feel like some normalcy is coming back. I know everyone else out there feels too. We're not quite there yet. But April 1st, barring anything unforeseen, there's going to be fans in the stands and Reds baseball opening day. And we all can use a dose of that. Thanks for joining us here on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. I'm Jim Day. Till next time, so long, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.